JLT is known in Dubai for its residential community, many small businesses, restaurant choices and amenities. But its free zone, Dubai Multi-Commodity Centre, DMCC, is the largest in the world. Its chairman, Ahmed bin Salem, explains how that has been achieved, what has been done to maintain the status and what the future holds. Welcome to Dubai Works, a business podcast about the innovators, the products, the services and trending topics. Love and Dubai's take on the business stories that matter. My name is Richard Fitzgerald. I'm the founder of Augustus Media, publishers of Love and Dubai, Love and Saudi, and Smashy TV. Each week, we'll be interviewing the dynamic business leaders of Dubai. Good morning, Ahmed. Good morning. Thanks for coming on the Dubai Works Business Podcast. Pleasure. We're, I'm looking at a stunning view at Al Mastar. Uh, what's the significance of what, where we are? This is an initiative that uh, that to many people, to many of the critics and people who saw this, shouldn't have worked out. It's an impossible initiative. A lot of His Highness projects in the 90s and early 2000s seemed too dreamy and not not plausible. And and you know it's a community that represents over 16,000 businesses. So when it started off, uh, it was mainly out of this tower, and it was a Dubai multi-commodity centre. So you're looking to attract create a new kind of business trading environment. It's a free zone and uh, it, it all grew from there. The companies got attracted to it, you introduced uh, different sorts of regulation and things like that. Is that how it happened? Well, this, my assumptions in the early days was the gold trade and diamond trade has been happening for centuries now and uh, things would be established and standardized by then. I was so wrong. There was so much work to be done with the custom regulations here. Um, we did some work with the central bank. Um, we introduced the currency pairs on the gold and commodities exchange. Um, our strategy was just to look at what the gaps are in the industry and fill it up. Uh, and that's the mindset we had. We needed to talk uh, and, and visit, talk with the key players in the industry. Um, and not all of these centers are really willing to share their know-hows and all that and you we, you need to really uh, dig into the messages and all that and sometimes challenge things as well so uh, just just to explain to for the yes. listeners the the commodity dmcc you can get <coughs> licenses mm-hmm. and you can set up here but also you have to support the infrastructure around certain commodities and you've many many to choose from what what, what would kind of go in that sort of decision with, making with regards to the infrastructure uh Initial plans was for DMCC to be in one or two buildings in, uh, in Jumeirah Lakes Towers. Mm. The government then decided to uh, uh, include the whole Jumeirah Lakes Towers as part of the free zone, just not to lose opportunity of businesses trying to move in and set set up here. Um, JLT itself is a big asset to us as, as well. Um, it plays a big role in that. We would not be building the development itself had we not needed it. Um, it's easy to say that uh, Dubai has a lot of offices. Why are you, are you expanding? Why why would we build one JLT, for example? We just built that recently, and mm-hmm. and you know, the t- if you look at the last six or seven years, um, there hasn't been a story where Dubai has run out of offices. There's a shortage, mm-hmm. but. Uh, to say that there's too many offices, DMCC doesn't need to be, to expand, is the same way of saying there are too many universities, universities in the US, Harvard does not need to expand. There's a demand here, it's not the same. 
Okay, so interesting, um, you know, <coughs> Dubai is all about uh, creating things that haven't existed before, whether it's uh, tourism markets, whether it's different sorts of services, growing the economy. Uh, before DMCC, there wasn't a, a diamond trade uh, in the UAE, in mm -hmm. Dubai, mm -hmm. and now it's one of the largest in the world. Yes. How, how is that possible in 15 years? Or so. Like, yeah, it, know, was, it, was, it was a bit less than 15 years. Uh, we've uh, been maintaining it for the past few years now. <laughs> but uh, many, other, many other places in the world would love to achieve that. We, we discussed beforehand about the competitiveness of uh, commodities being traded elsewhere. How do you think you've been able to achieve this and many other things in such a short space of time? We never uh, settled on achievements. Every time we attract some business we go for the next and we keep we keep promoting um, we got we never felt full we keep we kept hungry we kept pushing but yeah so <coughs> you also do you well known with other commodities as well such as tea and re more recently coffee uh, how is how is Dubai which doesn't produce those uh, commodities uh, establish such a kind of stronghold in this area uh, and particularly DMCC in 2004 we uh, we looked to establish uh, the Dubai Global Tea Forum. We talked about it. Uh, we made plans uh, to uh, to create a tea trading center, storage facility, packaging, etc. But it was very small. It was in Jabal Ali Port at that time. With the Global Tea Forum, we were confident that it would work. It would bring the biggest consumers and the biggest producers. We felt the reason they would be happy to come to Dubai because Dubai is at that time relevant in the tea industry they they wouldn't feel that they they would be giving uh, uh, they would be uh, supporting their competition or etc and it worked out uh, it was an interesting conference and every 2 years we'd have one um, the tea center expanded to Jabs the south and dubai became uh, dubai today represents 60% of the world uh, tea re-exports. the 60% of uh, World tea is re-exported via Dubai, and for the past few years, um, I think I think one of the key reasons that the tea industry really worked out here well for us, and uh, subsequently now the coffee, is simply because of the strong infrastructure that the UAE has and Dubai has with DP World. Um, I guarantee you, if the airport Emirates airline and DP World w did not exist, you wouldn't see DMCC here. If 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 the shipping and logistics were were weak here, this wouldn't be considered at all. Interesting. So it's all connected. Interesting. And you you mentioned a few times the coffee center. Yes. Uh, can we you explain what that is and uh, what are the plans? Well, the coffee center is to serve the whole industry. Is to attract uh, coffees from uh, the far east and the far west, uh, Latin America, and Africa. When we were studying the business. We were told that you won't get any of the Latin coffees because of the logistics challenges. They would just focus to the U.S. We got advice like that. That was all completely untrue. Hmm. It was all, let's say they were misinformed and not lying. Hmm. Um, but for, for Latin America and Mexico, given the changes in politics for the past year with the new election, etc., and including Canada as well with their uh, hard and, and soft lumber, they're looking to not put their eggs all in one basket, the U.S. market. They're looking to diversify. We're also targeting American companies as well. For us, 
we need to be servicing the the whole uh, the market so uh, Dubai is a hub similar to Hong Kong and Singapore and if I'm benchmarking DMCC I'm benchmarking it with these markets and Rotterdam as well um, I think there's a lot more we could do with coffee um, today uh, the coffee center is there are some similarities with our tea center where you have blending facility packaging facility a training facility as well um, and the lab so there's a tea lab and coffee lab we certify the coffees we certify the tea um, the difference some slight differences of obviously with the machinery and all that and the roasting facility that we have in the coffee business um, it's a it's a it's a very exciting time for us we're looking also probably in the next few months i'm hoping we do it this year if not early next year because I, I want to do it right i don't have a target I, i'm not going to put a deadline on myself for that i just want to do it right we would we would love to add a coffee future contract on the golden commodities exchange we've been advised not to copy and paste uh, the contracts in the u.s simply because uh, a while back, I'm not sure when exactly, um, the Colombian farmers uh, had to burn their crops, their coffee, uh, their coffee farms. Reason being, the farms get exhausted, you'll need to reset the whole process. But when you do that, obviously, the uh, supply goes down. The expectations was the value would go up in the exchange. It didn't change, which indicated to the coffee industry that these contracts are not reflective of the market. So there needs to be something done with that. Um, we're, 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 working on that uh, we're working on this uh, and keeping that in our mind. Interesting. So I just thought of something uh, that you spoke about before. So we just go back to that. Um, when, when you brought Kobe Bryant here in 2013, did that impact on the amount of hits on your website from LA region? And what kind of, what, what, was, that, what was behind that? Is it passion During for those days, Facebook was still relevant. I don't think Instagram <laughs> existed yet. Instagram was more private. Uh, um, I don't know. I uh, I am such a Lakers fan that that I was not in Dubai when Kobe was here. I was here, but I was not here, if you will. Like it was too dreamy. It was impossible. Um, I didn't know Kobe would come. It was uh, w this whole thing started with me bashing a Kobe hater who's a friend of mine and we're just arguing and comparing stats etc so uh, to which I said well did Jordan ever get uh, a full page ad by anyone he's like no all right I hang up a week or two later my friend calls me you're mad he saw the full page ad on LA Times and calling Kobe Bryant greatest of all time you know after he got his injury you know he'd be back etc the headline was car but the oh, wow. and then I got I think at first, I, was, I thought the LA Times wouldn't accept it for some reason, you know, I don't know. They were happy with it. Um, and then I was introduced to some friends, some guys, I haven't met them before, but they're friends now. And I'll, I'll introduce you to them later. They're in DMCC today, they have a company here. Cool. And apparently they've been trying to bring Kobe Bryant for a few years and it wouldn't work out. So someone <laughs> said, if you want to bring him, that's your guy. I don't know why they felt I'm their guy. I was a bit worried about that whole thing because I was worried that the government would be uh, would see that I'm I'm using my position for my personal uh, uh, interest and all yeah. that. Yeah, and and what I did was look, guys, this is too sensitive for me. I'll introduce you to the team. 
if it clicks, it clicks. It doesn't, doesn't. I was expect I was I was expecting it not to happen. So Malcolm was our CEO at that time, and they're like, yeah, we've sorted it out. I asked them <laughs> how, what, what, what incentive would it be for DMCC? Oh, he'd be setting up his company in DMCC. <laughs> I'm like, good, that's good PR. Smart. And we and gave. He actually gave him a license. Yes, yeah. um, media and health something. Okay. Um, and his license is 0024 or something. Mm -hmm. Gave him his jersey's number on his license. He came, he visited the place. Um, I told him I saw him for the first time in Gold's Gym in 99, maybe, or 2000, I don't remember. Maybe, probably 2000. Um, and we, talk, we talked about that. It was interesting. Uh, he asked me, what do you think I should be doing? Mm. And I don't know if I gave him the best advice, because, <laughs> again, I didn't say, go get looking in retrospective i just i should have told him put a million in bitcoin he'd yeah. probably li be living in dubai for the rest <laughs> of his life after that but uh i didn't i said sign the extension with the lakers <laughs> break all of jordan's records you know i i, I was not wearing my dubai hat or his friend's hat or whatever i was just it was just this okay, aggressive yeah. Uh, fan that wanted all records to be broken. If Kobe asks you the same question again now, because him and many others do invest in crypto and Bitcoin and things like that and many blockchain initiatives, mm. um, and from a commodity point of view, where do you see the future of that? And what sort of, what sort of plans would you like to if, bring here? If, if someone like Kobe would be asking me what, would be, what should you focus on, I'd, I'd say commodity, agri coffee, things like that. Do you think there's room for Bitcoin or others or new commodities that don't exist to kind of uh, Well, come the, up? the situation in the UAE is, as far from where I'm standing, we're avoiding to register and license any of the brokers uh, and that because we worry about... Uh, regulation. The regulation's not there. ESCA hasn't come up with anything yet. There has been talks. Central Bank hasn't uh, made it clear on what can and can't be done. So, so you know, creating the environment and infrastructure here and keeping uh, things competitive is the best way to kind of future-proof. And more importantly, predictability. I mean, uh, the big players, even new players, they don't mind the challenges, you know. Uh, there was some... Uh, there was an article about, I think, two years ago, I believe, or maybe a year and a half ago, talking about why is China attracting more of the uh, big corporations than India. And they, they said, is it corruption? Is it, the bad, is it the infrastructure? And they touched on a few other things. And to all these questions, no. The same challenge, similar challenges are in, in China as well. It's the predictability. When you keep changing your policies every, every, every other week, nobody's interested. People have to see it through for at least four or five years. There needs to be some consistency. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud to say that Dubai and DMCC has been very consistent with uh, with their drive and 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 providing facility. Even when there was a challenge uh, in 2000, uh, towards the end of 2017 and a bit of uh, 2018, we all witnessed Dubai completely go strong and hard on on uh, attracting businesses, providing uh, subsidies, uh, lowering costs, and asking the market. Seriously, we had a workshop 
in Sheikh Mohammed's palace with some of the uh, top industry uh, leaders and some of the international markets, and they they were encouraged to openly say what's needed. Mm. So one recommendation came up. One person stood up and said, "Look, for us to even begin to talk about this, we're going to have to open up Skype, and WhatsApp calls have to open up." These were the types of discussions, and the government is aware that there is a bit of disadvantage, and things will have to move forward sooner or later. Interesting. Fascinating to get that insight and to see how things are progressing. I think that's all we have time for today, great. but really great chatting to you, and I'm sure we'll have you back on in the future. Of course. Thanks, Ahmed. Thank, Thank you. you.